I do, because we have Mary Kay, and we're going to bring Mary Kay in here in one sec. But the noon hour of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show and this interview with Mary Kay is brought to us by FanDuel, America's number one sports book, where you can score early this NFL season. Right now, brand new customers get 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now to get in on the action. The app is easy to use with a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. That is FanDuel.com slash UCSS. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL and official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. And with that, let's welcome in Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer, Cleveland.com. Who Mary- always joins us on Tuesdays with the latest on the Cleveland Browns. Mary Kay, good to see you. I, you know, we were talking before where this, before we before we go back to the Ravens game, looking ahead to the Steelers, somebody asked, a, we asked a question before, where does this upcoming game rank in terms of most anticipated regular season games since the team's been back in 99? Where does it rank for you? It's got to be near the top, right? Well, it, it's right up there. But when I look back to 2020, that was another season where uh, some of these games meant everything in the world for the Browns to be able to make the playoffs. So that was another season where, you know, you had to have these almost must win games if you yeah. wanted to achieve your goals. So that was a season. Um, but other than that, there haven't been many seasons where the Browns had everything, uh, you know, on the line or many things on the line. So this is absolutely huge. Once again, if they, you know, if they want to go out there and plant their flag and seize the moment and win that AFC North. Mary Kay, what can you tell us about Deshaun's ankle? You know, I saw him limping, you know, times when you guys probably couldn't see that, you know, there in person, I saw that it was bothering him during the game. I saw him walk out in a walking boot. I got a little bit of a video of that. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's an issue. But I don't know how much of an issue it is by the time we get to Sunday. You know, maybe he'll be okay by then. We're not going to know a whole lot about it until we get out there on Wednesday tomorrow. And he kind of tells us how he feels and how he's doing and if we see him still in the walking boot. Um, But at any time your quarterback suffers any kind of an injury, it is a concern. So it's it's something to keep an eye on this week. Mary Kay, how how did they – I, I keep forgetting his name. What is his name? The left tackle? Jerron yeah. Christian. Jaron Christian. I, how the heck did they get him to play so well <laughs> in, in like three days? <laughs> well, he has played for Bill Callahan before. He was drafted by Washington in the third round when Bill Callahan was there. So Bill Callahan has a familiarity with him, and he has 16 starts under his belt. So this is a player who's been around. Uh, he is a, you know, six-year veteran. And those guys, you know, the game has slowed down for them a little bit, and they know what they're looking at. So I would, you know, I would say that that was it. He has experience, and he is well-versed in the Bill Callahan way of doing things. Mary Kay, I need to ask you about my favorite Browns player because he left the game with injury. Denzel Ward, do you have any update on him? Will he be fine for Sunday? And luckily, it wasn't a concussion. Yeah, fortunately, it was not another concussion because that would have been his fifth as a Brown, and that's just way too many. So it is a a minor neck injury, believed to be like a neck strain at this point. But from everything I understand, he should be okay. It's not, you know, something serious. And 
Of course, we know he will do everything he can to be out there in this big football game on Sunday. So he underwent an MRI yesterday as well. But, you know, it's, it's nothing too, too bad right now. So good for him because they will need him on Sunday. DeWan Jones, obviously, we're looking at his status coming back. Juan Thornhill got banged up in this game, Mary Kay. What's uh, David Bell, I guess. What, what, are the, what are the latest on those guys and maybe anybody else we're still forgetting Marquise about Goodwin too. Marquise well, you know what? Goodwin, I, I yes. remember, yes, I do remember talking, you know, we talked to Dewan Jones on Friday and I asked him or we asked him about this Pittsburgh Steelers game and he said he wasn't 100% sure that he would be able to be back for this game either. So, you know, we're just going to have to see how that goes. And I think that this game is more important to have your two tackles really at the ready and stout because of their tremendous edge rushers. The Pittsburgh Steelers have better edge rushers than the Baltimore Ravens did when you're talking about TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. So you need to be on point at the tackle positions. So the Browns are really hoping to get DeWand back. And uh, again, we'll know more about that tomorrow. As far as Marquise Goodwin, those, you know, that's a concussion. So, uh, you know, when we get out there, we'll figure out if he is going to practice or not. Um, and then Juan Thornhill, he also walked out in a boot with a calf injury. Uh, sometimes, though, when you see a guy walking out in a boot on Sunday, they're fine for the next week. So I know that all these guys are, are working really, really hard to get back, and uh, and I'm sure some of them will be back. Mary Kay, um, after seeing these performances by Deshaun Watson up, up until this point, how confident are you that he can actually lead the Browns to a Super Bowl? You know, I'm pretty confident. I think that this is a football team right now. When I look out at the Cleveland Browns, I think this is a team that can beat anyone. I really do. I, I think that all they have to do is get into the tournament. And I think there are a lot of teams in the NFL that would want no part of the Cleveland Browns, especially defensively. So, you know, I just think anything can happen and that Browns fans should go ahead and get excited. And I know it's a roller coaster ride. One week, uh, you know, you think, oh, my goodness, you know, the sky is falling. The next week you think, my goodness, they can win a Super Bowl. But I think on balance, this is a team that there's no reason why they can't beat anyone in the NFL. I can't think of a team out there where they would not have a chance to go out there and win the game. And we couldn't always say that in previous years, but we can say it now. And one of the reasons we can say it is because they do have Deshaun Watson and you know, I mean, if P.J. Walker were starting the rest of the year, I, I don't know if I would be saying this. But the fact that they have Deshaun back, and I think Deshaun is extremely hungry and motivated to go out there and accomplish his goals, which, of course, are winning a Super Bowl. So now I think they have an elite quarterback that can match up with their elite defense. And I do think the sky is the limit for this team this season. You know, Mary Kay, you've been around on this team. You've been around the rivalry with the Browns and the Steelers. And, of course, the Browns and, and the fans and, and people are going to be hyped up about this. The players are going to come out and say all the right stuff. Um, <laughs> just one game. Next of uh, uh, every game, the next game is the most important. But you got to tell it like it is, Mary Kay. This, this to me, is one of the biggest games, the Browns-Steelers, the game I can remember um, where does this fall in, in for you, um, given that you've seen this rivalry and, and the importance of this game specifically? Well, you know, just specifically, this could mean the difference between winning the division and not winning the division. And if you win the division, you can get home field advantage and all kinds of great things can happen. It's the avenue that you want to take into the playoffs. So 
it's it's an enormous game from that standpoint uh, because the Steelers are the only team in the division with a two and zero record in the AFC North. I mean, this is a tiebreaker situation. You need to have this. You've already been beaten once by the Steelers, so you want the head-to-head tiebreaker, and you need the division tiebreaker. There are so many reasons it's an important game, and it could also be by Sunday afternoon. It could be a battle for first place in the AFC North. I mean, think about that. First place in the AFC North after 10 games for Cleveland Browns. That's what's at stake here. It's huge, and the players know it. They're really good at playing at home. So I think, you know, the Browns have that going for them. They're they're tremendous at home, and they have a score to settle here. You know, they, they lost 26 to 22 in Pittsburgh. They kind of got their butts kicked there a little bit. And there's going to be everything to play for on Sunday. Mary Gay, what was your favorite play from this past Sunday's game? I mean, it was a ton of them to pick from, but which one is the one that was like, you know what, there they go? Hmm. You know, like you said, there were a ton of them, but I almost think it was the 16-yard run by Deshaun Watson because he went out there on a gimpy ankle and he said, I'm going to strap this team on my back. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do whatever it takes. And it doesn't matter that this is killing me. I'm going to run uh, 16 yards for a first down and really, really help Dustin Hopkins get in position for this game winning kick. So that's the one I'm going to give it to. Mary Kay, we've seen the Browns not only get their ass kicked in the, in the score of the game, but get beat down physically so many times over so many years by the Ravens and Steelers. And it feels like the worm is turned, right? Like that game, that play where Jerome Ford ran to the entire offensive line, pushed him down the field. Best when play. David Njoku takes Geno Stone and picks him up like it, like he's uh, Michael Orr in the blind side throwing the kid over the fence. I mean, he, he picked him up basically, threw him 11 yards down the field. The Browns have the Browns used to get pushed around by these teams all the time, and they've said enough, and that has stopped. And that was that to me was my those two plays were my favorite because it showed the toughness that this team has that they haven't had in the past. <laughs> it's like a blocking. Slide. Yeah, there's definitely a toughness going on, and you're right. Uh, the Browns used to get pushed around, and I think sometimes the Steelers and the Ravens still think that they're dealing with the Browns of old, but these are not yesterday's Cleveland Browns. These are today's Browns. And I'll tell you what, I mean, this defense stacks up obviously with any defense in the NFL. It might be the best defense in the NFL. It is the top ranked one. It might be the best. Now they're going to have to go out and prove it again against one of the best defenses in the NFL. They have to show, that, you know, they're not going to back down to T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith and Cam Hayward and all of the great defenders that the Pittsburgh Steelers have. Uh, so they have a, another kind of statement game coming up. But I'll tell you what, this is a defense that Cleveland Browns fans should be really, really excited about and proud of. And I've mentioned, as I've mentioned to you guys before, it's the best one I've covered. You mentioned that it, it, it does feel like this is a different team. It feels like there's a different culture. Let's give credit for that. Where does it go? Is it is it is the bulk of it Jim Schwartz and then you dole it out to a lot of the defensive players? What's the impetus of this this culture change? It 
can be spread all around. Okay. It starts with, I'm going to start with Kevin Stefanski. He took this team to the Greenbrier for team bonding and camaraderie. And I really feel like a lot of it started there where they really developed a, a kinship and a brotherhood there. So that was that, you know, then they did the same thing. They went to Philadelphia and they spent, uh, you know, several, four or five days in Philadelphia. And, um, you know, they got really close knit there in the off season. Uh, Deshaun Watson was hosting offensive passing camps and, you know, they were going to Puerto Rico and, and doing a bunch of things together. So the, you know, the brotherhood had started in the off season and it has continued on. And then you bring in a Jim Schwartz and a Bubba Ventrone and, and these guys have really instilled more of that culture. So I think it's widespread. Uh, in, on top of that, uh, you know, you bring in players, you bring in players that just have this inherent leadership about them and a fire and an energy about them. And before you know it, uh, you've got, uh, you know, a team that's playing with their hair on fire. And that's what's going on here. When you bring in the, the Zadaria Smiths and the Obo Okoronkos and the Juan Thornhills and you throw them into that defense, it's like throwing gasoline onto a fire and, and seeing it just take off. I mean, these guys are having fun together. They're, they're cheering each other on, they're playing together. And uh, I think there's something very, very special about this football team. Mary Kay, James Prochet, like two weeks ago against Arizona, he looked like, okay, we finally have an impact player on punt returns. And then obviously the big fumble, thankfully they were able to make up for it. But that was, we can't have that, that bad fumble. Are they going to let that go because he showed some good stuff the week before and stick with him there? What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, that that's tough. You know, I, I don't know. They don't have a ton of other candidates right now. So, you know, they might have to stick with him a little bit. Um, yeah, that that was very, very difficult. I, I said after the game, he he's a former Raven. I said he, fi he finally made a play for Baltimore. So, but I was I was just I was just kidding. No, uh, no. James has done James has done some nice things and I think they'll stick with him. And I think he's going to put that behind him. Uh, there were a lot of special teams things that did not go right in that game. And they've got to clean up those errors. You you cannot be a liability on any anytime that special team steps there. You have to do something good or great. You've got to create good field position. You can't fumble. You can't miss an extra point. You can't get uh, 12 men on the field penalty. Oh. You can't do those kinds of things. You, you've got, you know, it was it was an up and down special teams. I mean, you had a blocked field goal. That was great. Sure. You got the game winner uh, and those kinds of things. But you cannot have all those other mistakes. Mary Kay, you've been you've been covering this team the whole year. And, you know, they went out and got Mike Ford for special teams purposes. I mean, I think he's a really good gunner and things like that. But he had to step in last game at corner where he had, had a nice hit on Lamar. He had to pick. What can you tell but us about? He also gave the touchdown on Odell. Stop <laughs> talking about. We talk, we stay positive, yeah. boy. Uh, good. What bad. can you tell us about Mike Ford? What have like things that you've seen? Were you surprised that he was able to do these type of things? You know what? He he's just another one of those guys that they brought in that brings a lot of fire, a lot of energy, a lot of leadership. Uh, he he's just uh, one of those guys that just runs through a wall every single day, and he's out there obviously doing the best he can. And yes, occasionally. Uh, you will get beat one-on-one -on -one by Odell Beckham Jr. because Odell is a, you know, he's a three-time Pro Bowler and he's going to make his plays. 
But, you know, Mike stepped in there, did a nice job on defense, and he's been a star on special teams for the most part this season. Great addition by the Browns. You know, Mary Kay, uh, one, one of the guys that I've just been enjoying watching, and it's just more about his story and his play on the field, you, you go back, you look at Kareem Hunt. You know, he wanted a long, you wanted a long-term extension, didn't get it. Um, they end up, you know, bringing him back. <clears throat> you end up bringing him back after Nick Chubb goes down. And his trajectory of what he's being brought to the team is just, it just seems like he's bringing toughness. He's bringing um, his personality to the game. And, you know, I'm comfortable when I see Nick Chubb going in on short yardage plays because I know Nick, or I, I know Kareem Hunt is going to get them one or two yards, especially on the goal line. Um, how has, uh, you know, how has his attitude been and in, in him being back into the fold, especially playing for his hometown team, which I, I think he, he really, you know, prides himself for doing? Well, I'll tell you what, he's the touchdown maker. That was the fifth game uh, in which he has scored a touchdown. And when when you get him on the goal line, uh, he's going to get in there. He's going to he's going to pound it in there. He's a bruiser and he forms a nice one two punch with Jerome Ford, who's more of your home run hitter. So they have found a way to accomplish the running game and they're doing a really nice job. And it's kind of fun to see Kareem have an opportunity to, you know, to go through what he went through, to be out of football once again, not knowing if he's going to get back in and to be here for his hometown team, knowing, knowing that they have a chance to make it to the playoffs and possibly the Super Bowl, which is what he wants more than anything to win a Super Bowl for his hometown Browns. So that kind of heart and grit and soul and energy is exactly what this team needs. And Mary Kay, let's wrap it up with some some love for Jerome Ford because I know on this panel, myself 100% included, mm -hmm. I was done watching All Jerome Ford. I us. wanted to see Pierre Strong. I still like Pierre Strong, but Jerome Ford, by far his best game. He was fantastic yesterday or Sunday. Well, the thing that you have to remember about Jerome Ford is that he suffered a high ankle sprain a couple of just a couple of weeks ago. That is an injury True. that sometimes keeps a player out of action, especially a running back out of action for three weeks, four weeks, maybe even longer than that sometimes. And he hasn't missed a beat. I mean, I was shocked uh, the week after that where I, I went out to practice and there he was going to individual agility drills and looking really good. So you have to give him credit for showing up. Availability is so vitally important. And now you're seeing him getting stronger and better. Thanks, Mary Kay. Good stuff. It's a lot of fun when the team's winning, isn't it? <laughs> it is fun. I think it's going to be a really, really cool and fun next couple of months. Nice. I awesome. hope you're right. Yes, Thanks, sir. Mary Kay. We'll see you next week. Thank you, guys. Yeah, and it's funny what uh, what a, a win yeah. against a divisional opponent on the road like that can do for the entire city cycle. Oh, yeah. It's you, just crazy. You know, fans are often critical of beat reporters or media members for being negative about a team. But the truth is, it's more, we all want the Browns to win. No matter how big a fan you are of the team, it's more fun for our jobs when the team's good. It's a lot easier. And yeah, we, a lot we, easier. we love to segue that into from the Browns to bashing the Cavs. Stay yeah. with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going welcome, to welcome Kelly Holcomb to the show in about They're 10 minutes. He'll make his debut. Oh, but we're yeah. going to spend the next 10 minutes talking a little Cavs. And our Cavs talk today is brought to us by Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, giving you peace of mind 
So you're not just hoping you have access to medication and emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have that medication in hand, and it's simple to handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care so you don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout at jacemedical.com. That is promo code LOCKDOWN <coughs> at jacemedical.com. So the Cavs lost last night. They are now 4-6 and six on the season. Mm-hmm. They have one more game on their West Coast road trip. They beat Golden State. They had lost to Oklahoma City. They have lost now to Sacramento. They play Portland tomorrow. And I want to read you a quote from Donovan Mitchell after last night's game. And, Jay, because you ignored my call this morning, the morning call, you didn't see we made a little pivot to the Cavs topic. But this is a direct quote, according to <laughs> Cleveland.com, from Chris Fedor, from Donovan Mitchell after last night's loss. And I quote, I said, come to me after game 10. Well, this was game 10. We got to figure this shit out. I think the biggest thing right now is finding a new level of consistency. He goes on to say that offensively, defensively, they haven't been consistent. They've dealt with injuries. And for a team that was expected to take the next step forward, they have taken a step backwards through 10 games of the season. Now, granted, it is 10 games of an 82-game season. It is too early for any oversweeping generalizations. But, guys, when you hear Donovan Mitchell say, quote, Come to me after game 10. Well, this was game 10. We got to figure this shit out. Is that, that a shot of the good. coach? Well, the first thing I think is he's throwing the coach right under the bus. I that's think exactly what he did. I mean. And by the way, I don't, I, I think that's okay. It's warranted. It's warranted. See, I got a big problem with that because if you, if you didn't like the, if the team didn't like the coach, if you're going to fire, let's say Bickerstaff gets fired. Yeah. Because that may happen here, right? It feels like that's where we're going. Then you should have fired him at the end of last year. Listen, you're not wrong. Because if you think. You're not wrong. Everybody was saying that. If you were that close to considering firing him, then why'd you waste the whole offseason with him here? You're absolutely right. I thought after the big question on Bickerstaff was, let's see what he does in the playoffs. Mm, yeah. He comes in as the better seed. He has home court advantage. They laid a colossal dinosaur egg. Huge. At that point, I said, he's not it. He is not it. Because as you guys know, when the playoffs roll around, what what is it all about? Defense and rotation. Matchups. He... he Failed at every turn on matchups and rotation. Which is funny because he all he harped on <coughs> defense. Right. Well, but I know, play. but but when they needed it the regular season, it wasn't there. But more importantly, they I got, thought his rotations were off. Well, they, they got out. And so I, I I'm yeah, not man. like you're saying. Well, I, I don't I don't <coughs> agree with that. If you know, why didn't you do it last year? Yes, should have been done last year. It's in my not mind. that I don't agree with firing him this year. It's that. Mm. It's a negative sign of the organization I that agree. you waited. I couldn't agree more. Because you, who knows, if you had brought in another coach, maybe this whole season, maybe Mobley, like Mobley does not look like he's moved forward. Not at all. all. He has the not. Same not player. He hasn't progressed at all. <laughs> no. That was my, my number one talking point yes. was going to be what you just said. We keep hearing that Mobley is going to, this team's going to go as far as Mobley takes them. Yeah. Every year there's got to be progression. He looks like the same guy. And I blame the, the organization and the coach 100%. for that. And now what's going to happen? Donovan Mitchell don't like the coach. The coach is going to get fired. And then Donovan Mitchell is going to get traded next year. Well, unless, unless He's a free agent they hit year. it out of the park with whoever they hire. Yeah. And that's going to be hard. Yeah. So they're going to ask Donovan if they do make a move from JB. They will say, Donovan, who do you want to be the head coach? Of course they will. Cavaliers. But He's if you do that, then he guy. leaves. Like, what? Listen, uh, at this point, yeah, everything but... you do has to be geared towards getting him to stay. If, if, if you Let's extrapolate this out. If you do it over 82 right. games, yeah. their record is 36 and 46. Right. Okay. Well, it's not. It's a, it's yeah. it's 38 and 44. Okay. It's not good. 
They're not 500, and he's leaving. Fix it now. And we, there's been plenty of examples where teams started horrifically. If you're going to do it, the sure. first 10 games is the time to do it. And get who? My guess is they lose to Portland, and he doesn't come home with the team. And who do, They've who got do, some assistant coaches. Well, on don't the ask team. me. I don't have an answer well, for you. Well, Jason, who's the guy? So, that, Dave Yeager. Dave Yeager, Yeah, Dave right. Yeager, Dave Yeager probably, was brought in as a consultant. Dave Yeager has former NBA head coaching experience. Right. He was on the bench for the Sixers last year. Yes. The reason he is no longer an NBA head coach is he had some cancer stuff and had to step back right. medically. But he did not get fired from Memphis, or he was not asked to leave Sacramento because he wasn't doing a good job. Right. He had to take a step back to focus he, on his I, own health. My guess is he's the most logical choice. Yeah, I mean, they have Luke Walton on the staff, and he's been a coach. He's been but, a head coach. He, but the, I don't the see problem that. with the Cavs is this: the problem is get Mark Jackson back. They, that's for, I don't know what the heck Mark Jackson did. They just they didn't give <laughs> they him got no life. Yeah, <laughs> they got him up out of here good. Problem with the Cavs is this: they don't have an offensive identity. I knew it was going to be a problem when you watch these games. When you saw Max Struess coming off, you know, dribbling the ball up, trying to play make. I'm like, what is Max Struess playmaking for? When he played for the Heat, you come off screens and that's role. it. That's one role. Catch and shoot. I'm like, Niang. Now, listen, I know I don't, I know Niang is, is not going to – they call him the minivan or something, but he was not that big in Philadelphia. Mikey McNuggets, George Niang has put on at least 20 pounds. He's put on 20. Cash. He has never been that big. Niang has never had the prototypical NBA body. He may look Is a he half right step though? Slow. Does he look bigger to you? It, it could be the colors. Like I, I, don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. Honey, how do you look? Does this dress make me look fat? But here's the problem. Real quick, G with George and even Max to an extent, Struce. Shooters sometimes just take a little take a little bit to get going. And they certainly have uh, – Struess is shooting 37%. You live with that. Niang has not been what he was last no, year. But they need to step up. But it's still too early to say but those no, have no, been no. bad Here's signs. what I'm saying, McNuggets, though, is when you talk about Max Struess, I'm talking about – we talk about Kevin Stefanski in, in the way that he goes about situation. I'm not worried about him shooting. I'm worried about where he gets his shots and okay. the context of it. What is the offense where we're running something where we're going to get a double pin down or some baseline action and get him going? Nothing. When you look at Evan Mobley, there is no go-to move. Like, you guys have scouts and, 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 and people on your staff that work with guys to get a, a, a go-to move. He still doesn't have one. And on top of it, the, the, the scary part is the Cavs were the number one defensive team in the league last year. And the reason why they were number one defensive team in the league is because they had young players who sold out during the regular season and they got them to buy in that you guys have to play hard every single night. Now, as you get three years in and Evan Mobley's a defensive player of the year candidate and, and, and Darius Garland and got his money and you got other guys coming in. Karis LeVert has gotten paid. Now it's like, well, we're veterans now. We might want to play like uh, the rest of these teams. Like, let's go ahead and coast and get the fifth seed or sixth seed, and we'll turn it on. But the problem is you don't have the talent to turn it on. You don't have the toughness that we showed that showed you need to play in the playoffs. That's my fear. And, and you so, have the street cred, if you will, because those teams have won things. Yeah, yes. they've you won don't stuff. do that before you my, won my, anything. My fear is that, that they lack toughness. That they just – they got – I mean, it's – they offer no – they let the King shoot 58% from three. Yeah, Sacramento like, was on fire. That, I, I mean, there's no, there's no closeouts. It's, it's no fire. Well, I feel bad for JB because the worst thing has happened. 
The Kev- star has turned. Kevin Stefanski then started winning games, <laughs> and all of the eyes have went to him. You son of a, you dirty. <laughs> all of, it ain't no more Facts. fire Stefanski. We, it has all gone to that, JB that and he tiki, by himself. The Tiki Torch mob is, is <laughs> moseying their way down to Rocket Morgan's Fieldhouse. For, for the first time since however long, certainly since I've been in Cleveland, I'm not going to say they're the best franchise. They're not the best franchise, but the Browns are the best team in Cleveland right now. And that's yeah. that's never been the case. It's it, been a while. Uh, like, ever. Like, and here's the thing. <laughs> Even with the new coach, the new coach going to get a honeymoon, Tyvis. Yeah. And with the Guardians, Vogue going to get a whole smooth honeymoon. Oh, he's such a great guy. Jay said he's a – you won't hire a guy that's better. The Guardians will be Great guy. Hey, so, he gonna, that right there gets you three and years. And the Cavs will be better. <laughs> get you three, right? But – this Cavs team just feels like this Cavs team just feels like to me like one of those teams that like the Hawks or the Pacers that they go to the playoffs and like they lose Utah. In the first round. Utah. You know what Cleveland, Cleveland loves overachievement. Yes. They love it. This this team right now is underachieving. Yeah. And the city doesn't have much tolerance for underachievers. And they don't have they don't have much tolerance from outsiders saying stuff in the media. If you look, Deshaun Watson just now getting out of there. He he had to break an ankle, have a shoulder injury, and lead a touchdown. Improbable. Now Desha- now you got Donovan Mitchell. Now look, we all, we they, the Cavs gave up three first round draft picks. So did the Browns. I took so a- as this thing keeps going, that pressure is going to build and mount on Donovan Mitchell, not the rest of them. Him, he's the second team All NBA guy, and they're going to start to say, hmm. Are you are you the best player on a uh, NBA championship team, Donovan, or are you just a guy that that is, is overrated right. a little well, bit? Well, scores well, a lot of points. Gee, I just took a, a peek in the chat. They all say they're screaming trade Darius Garland. Really? No, that's not, that's not gonna happen. No, what? not gonna happen. Everybody in the chat. Well, it's a couple, it's a few, not gonna happen. A few, few comments. Hey, one thing on the Cavs, <laughs> and then we're gonna bring in Kelly Holcomb here. But last never. season, G, to what you said, the Cavs, <laughs> the best defensive team in the league. Well, but the fact they won 50 games was because of their defense. Their offense was middle-of-the-pack average, as you say, Minimoski. This year, the defense has reverted to 16th in the league in points per game allowed. They've gone from 1 to 16. They dropped 15 spots. The offense still lacks the creativity and playmaking to score the top teams in the league. So if they're not playing defense, they're not going to win. But let's go back to a little Browns talk, and we are welcomed, and we are thrilled to have Kelly Holcomb joining the program. Kelly, former Browns quarterback. We have Tim on every week, and now we have Kelly Holcomb joining the program. Kelly, thank you so much for taking some time. How are you doing today? I'm good, man. How y'all doing? Kelly, doing great well. to see you, man. Yeah. Great to see you. How do you so y'all got? You so watch- y'all have – Go ahead. So, sorry. sorry. So y'all have Marvel so y'all have Marble Mouth on every weekend, Timmy? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Every Friday, yeah. Shots fired. He's on the show 10 seconds, and he's already fired his first <laughs> yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're going to fit in just fine here, Kelly. Hey, Kelly, how do you watch the Browns these days? Man, it's it's. Uh, I was. I figured y'all were going to ask me that question, but I don't watch them much, man. I'll be honest with you. Wow. I don't. Uh, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Uh, you know, we we've got free access to uh, all the games, and you know what? I don't even debbie into it, man. I, I golf now and. I keep up with it. I do keep up with it because I have a podcast, so I have to keep up with it. But I don't. Uh, I, I watch them all, man. I I, I don't really get too detailed. Um, I don't really get too detailed in the uh, in, in all that. But uh, I still watch games, but I'm not as involved as I used to be. Kelly, what was your favorite Browns memory when you was the quarterback? Of the Browns? Um. 
man, just that, there were so many there were so many good times there. Now we didn't do a, we didn't do a great deal of winning, which kind of sucked. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, I just was I, I was able to compete with Tim to start. Uh, you know, the playoff game is what everybody remembers me from uh, when, when we lost to the Steelers. That, that was probably my that was probably the coolest game we've ever been in. Although everybody asked me about that game, and it was awful because. The way we lost that game, we should have never lost that game. We were up 33-13, to 13 and we were about to go into the fourth quarter, and then they score. And then, you know, it just everything got sidetracked. So, yeah, I, I remember that game. Uh, I can remember the Cincinnati game where, you know, it was back and forth when I was going against Carson Palmer, and um, we were kind of rolling. They were rolling. Neither defense could stop the other one. I had five touchdowns, um, you know, Carson did really well too, and they they ended up beating us at the end. So there's there's a lot of good moments. I don't know if I could pinpoint one. You know, Kelly, listen, I, you go back to that playoff game, and um, at during this time period where you, you know you guys had you and Tim Couch, we used to always have this saying. We used to have a saying that Kelly Holcomb has a different playbook. It just seemed it just seemed like when you came in the game. <laughs> They was like, "Yo, we gonna go with uh, the teacup formation," and you were slinging it all over the over the place. The Quincy Morgans, the Andre J. Davises, like how how wow. you know was it was it something that you guys you know when you got in the game, it just seemed like y'all was wide open throwing the ball everywhere. I don't know if that was the case. Uh, I do, man. Man, you brought up some old names, man. I'm still on a, uh, I'm still on a text with all those guys with Andre Davis, with Cuddy, with Northcutt, with uh, with Andre King, with all with Quincy Morgan, with KJ. So I'm still on a thread with those guys. I, I don't know. It was just, a, it was a deal where, you know, this where a team, you know, uh, gets ready for one guy, and then another guy comes in, they're not ready, and and I was with Bruce for a. I was with Bruce for a long time uh, in Indianapolis, and he brought me to Cleveland, and I kind of knew the, I knew the offense in and out, and uh, I just came in, and you know that's uh, I was I was accurate with the football. Bruce trusted me, and you know it kind of went from there. It, it, it really wasn't anything. I just I just was able to come into some games and able to you know finally start, but then when I started, I couldn't stay healthy. It, it was. I think about that sometimes. I tell people all the time, man. It was it was tough because when I got my opportunity, I couldn't stay healthy. It kind of that was kind of my NFL career, which I got some opportunities and just could not stay healthy. And uh, that was one of those deals. But I enjoyed it, man. And uh, I, I don't know if the playbook changed, but I think Bruce had a lot of trust in me, and he knew that I'd been in the offense for a long time. And I, I think that's why you saw that. You kind of, you guys are kind of, you, you're, you're, you know, you got seven years, man. You, you, you're shafting me six. I end up playing for 13, so dang. Let's go. Who made that? Who made that? Who made that? It was his brother's. Uh, uh, hey, Kelly, you're a I ain't playing with y'all. I'll just put his brown stats on there. Hey, give me my flowers. I love Kelly comes in here throwing jabs. I like that. Don't mess around here. You're screwing up the stats. Kelly, you know, players often to the public, to the media, will downplay rivalry games. You know, but in reality, in the locker room, do these games mean more? When you're playing the Steelers, uh, yeah, absolutely, they do mean more. But I don't know it now. It's become more of a rivalry now that the Browns have started winning some of those games. Yeah. But when we played, I mean, we couldn't beat them. I think, I think when I was there, we beat them maybe once. I think it was. I can't remember the. I can't remember the game, but 
Tim Tim played really well, and I think we beat those guys once. So yeah, it, it is a different deal. But you know, when, when it comes down to it, it's still a game. Uh, but everybody says, well, the Steelers and the Browns are rivalry. Well, when I played, it wasn't much of a rivalry because if it's a rivalry, both teams have to win some games. Yeah. And, Man, they were squashing us year in and year out, and I hate that because I cannot stand the Steelers to this day. So Yeah, yeah baby. Um, That's right. We love Kelly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you all, man. I, can't, I cannot – everybody talks about the Steelers. I absolutely hate the Steelers. What's the Steel. best story from a Steelers game that would make us hate them even more? Ooh, it's good. Oh, wow. Guys, y'all are making me think a lot, man. I got knocked out quite a bit, so I don't know if my, <laughs> my memory can recollect that. So did uh, I'm not right. <laughs> we didn't have, you know, the, everybody's talking about the Tennessee Titans down here where I live, and uh, they they can't block anybody. And I was, it, it was funny because Tim and I were texting back and forth the other day on Sunday, and we we were talking about that that same situation because they can't block anybody, and it was kind of like the offensive lines that we had when we first got there. We just couldn't, uh, we just couldn't protect. And Tim got killed when I went in. I got I got beat up pretty good too. So uh, you you have to have guys up front. But uh, yeah, I don't know if there's any stories. Uh, you know, I got I got Troy Palomalu paid a couple of times. I wish he would send me a roll. You know, so I, I don't know if there's any I don't know if there's any stories that I could tell that y'all would hate him anymore. But I can't remember many stories to be honest with you. Kelly, what was it like going up against Tim Couch competing for? the starting quarterback job? Uh, it was just competition. I, I think that's what breeds success in that league. Um, I think the college game is kind of with this transfer portal, which I know guys transfer, but, uh, you know, I talked to my buddy Tom Moore, who's 85 years old, still coaching for the Tampa Bay Bucks. I said, I want, want your job. <laughs> and uh, we, we were ta- we were talking about that, and he was like, you know, nobody wants to compete anymore. And I think that's what makes that game and professional ball so good is competition. And I think people try to pin myself and Tim against each other like we didn't like each other. We're really good friends. We were really good friends then. It just was a situation where, hey, you know, Tim Tim got hurt a little bit. Uh, he didn't play as well. And, and there was a lot of circumstances that came into that situation. But uh, – it, it was enjoyable for me, man. I was just finally given an opportunity. I'd hung around. I'd been to Indianapolis and been behind Peyton, and uh, there was no shot there. And he didn't allow anybody to get, you know, get a shot in there because he's he's a Hall of Famer for a reason. But uh, Bruce took me with him to Cleveland, and uh, you know, when you get your opportunity, everybody wants to play. Everybody says, "Well, you were the backup. You got the best job in the world." Well, it's not the best job in the world if you're a competitor. I don't want to sit over there and watch somebody else play. And uh, a lot of guys do. I, I was not that guy. And I was able to get my opportunity. But, you know, like I said earlier, when I got my opportunity, I never could stay healthy. I never could stay on the field. So that kind of that – was, that was a sucky part of my career or something. Kelly, did you know Peyton Manning was going to be – I mean, obviously he had a ton of hype coming out of college. But did you know he – did you know he was going to be as good as he was for sure? Uh. I don't, I don't think I don't think anybody knows how anybody's going to be. Now he obviously had the pedigree. His dad, uh, yep. you know, had played for a long time. Pey- Peyton is a different. You know, he he was a different guy. I learned a lot of stuff from Peyton, even though I was the older guy. Uh, man, his work ethic is is uh, you know I've heard about Tom Brady's as well, and and all the good ones have really good work ethics. But you know, Peyton had a really good work ethic, and I can remember one day when I when he was a when he was a rookie. 
And there was a deal where Tom Moore was trying to get him. We had a sluggo, a slant and go. So we had a slant and go to the one receiver side. Then backside, we had a seam and a hitch. Well, they were taking, telling us, because everything was under center most of the time. And uh, we took a three-step drop. Then we would pump, and then we would shuffle back two steps. Well, Peyton could not get that. And I can remember him staying out there, and I'm like, this dude is a nerd. Because he stayed out there. <laughs> And he had the film crew film him so he could fix that problem. And that's kind of how, that's kind of sums Peyton up. That's, man, he watched so much film. Uh, he was very prepared. I can remember when we were playing the Miami Dolphins and after the game and during, during uh, the week after we had beat the Dolphins, but Tom Moore was telling a story where uh, some of the assistant coaches came up after the game and told him we were going to try to corner, corner cat or corner crash him, bring a corner blitz on the first play of the game. And, you know, half the team was saying, we're going to get him. And the other half says, no, he's going to find us out. Well, they went ahead and did it. Well, Peyton saw it, got it blocked up. We got a big play on the very first play of the game. So that was the kind of dude that Peyton was. And I, I, I learned a great deal from him. I really did. Wow. Mike, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Kelly, I, I like to ask any former quarterback we have come on the show this question. But if you could create your optimal offense, so your quarterback, you get a play caller, two receivers, a tight end, and a running back. Who is fitting around Kelly Holcomb to create the most unstoppable show on turf? Oh, gosh, man. Y'all are asking some tough questions yeah, right here. Put me one. on the spot. Mm. Uh, I, I, you know what? I like the tight end. Uh, now, now is, this, is this when I'm playing or is this just Not all time? Forever. All time. Whenever. All time. All time. Yeah. All time. So, so receivers, I got to go with, uh, I got to go with the guy I played with in Indianapolis, Marvin Harrison yeah, as, uh, as my, as my split end. Um, I'd say I just, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I got to interview Gronk. I had a, we had a boy, boys and girls club deal up here and, uh, they asked me to ask the questions cause he wanted to question an answer session. So I'd have to go with Gronk as my, uh, as my tight end, um, Running back, uh, man, I played with Marshall Falk. Uh, he was really good, uh, really smart guy. Uh, smart, probably the smartest dude I've ever played with. Wow. Uh, when, when you're back there, I can remember playing with him a couple of times. He was like, hey, the Sam linebacker's coming, the Sam linebacker's coming. You need to put me over there. And I'm like, oh, hey, you go. You know, I was a rookie. And I'm like, yeah, you go. But he was one of the smarter guys I've ever had. Um, split ends, uh Golly, man, this is, uh, you know, it's got it's to be, you know, I'd love to play with, obviously, Jerry Rice if I could. Wow. I think everybody would love to play with Jerry Rice. Although when when we played out there one time, uh, we was at Indianapolis and we played, we played San Francisco and it was when Steve Young was there. And, man, like Jerry Rice, every time he didn't catch the ball, he was always looking around for a flag. So I, I didn't really dig that about him. <laughs> but he, you know, he played for a long time. So, you know, there's a reason that he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, are, are we, did you want a fullback or you want another receiver? Give us a fullback. We got to have a fullback. That's yeah, old, let's school go old school right school. there. Yeah. yeah. A fullback. Um, I mean, you know, I, I guess you'd have to say Moose Johnson or the Uschek guy that's out in San Francisco right yeah. now. They're, yeah. they're pretty good players. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty good players. So, Very good. Uh, I, I don't know if that's the offense I would run now, regular offense. I don't know if I'd go with 21 personnel. I'd probably go with something else. But yeah. if that's where you're going with me, that's that's probably where I'd go. Kelly, what's the biggest difference in the game today from when you played? Too many flags. Good gracious, oh, can we stop man. the flags? Yeah. That's the... It's, it's awful. Sometimes Holy... it's unwatchable. <laughs> It's unwatchable. It, it's like I, I'm sitting there the other – there's no fl- – that like – 
I thought referees, and I understand that. I, I get it. But, like, referees are supposed to be – they're not supposed to be seen like that. Let let the guys finish the game. Now, now the other other night, uh, you know, I was watching my bills and, you know, two – you know, I, I don't I don't know as I necessarily agree with the pass interference call. I don't know if that affected him that bad. But when you got 12 guys on the field, you got to call that. But, like, some – and I'm a quarterback, too. Uh, I'm a quarterback, and I would have loved to play in these rules now. Because oh, they don't be literally get to touch, they don't never, they don't get to touch the quarterback at all. So I'm not a fan of that because I think if you get some pressure on the quarterback and you start hitting him, it's a different game. I don't care who you are. I don't. You can put Peyton, you can put Tom Brady, you can put Drew Brees, you can put all those guys back there. If you start hitting them consistently, the game changes in your favor, and they're just not allowing that stuff. I just I cannot stand the flags. I don't like all that stuff. Uh, I, yeah, they've tried to clean the game up. I, I like the targeting stuff because I don't think you need to lower your head right. because that's you know that's protecting the guy that's making the hit too. So uh, I like what they've done with that. But man, they, the competition committee's got to go back in and they got to look at this and say, hey, we're calling way too many flags during a game. Let, let's let's cut some of this out and let the flow of the game and let the guys actually play to win the game, not us calling it jeopardizing the game. I'd love to see a study or a stat on exactly what you just talked about because I was watching with some friends a couple of weeks ago and we said the same thing and we're all older so we remember watching football in the 80s and 90s. I would love to see how many penalties on average there were in the 80s and 90s compared to, to today because it just seems like there's you can't go a series without a flag being thrown. It's been it's crazy. Well, you see some of those. You see some of those old films, films with the Raiders and their safeties coming up, just trying to decapitate people. Or you, you see Dick Butkus back in the day, man, trying to like he's throwing a forearm shiver to a guy right up under the throat. I mean, it's a violent game. We get that. I, I totally understand that. And some of the rules have to change, but it's still always going to be a violent game unless you keep going and keep going. And then at some point, it's going to be flag football. And I don't think. I don't think people want to see that. I mean, we're, you, you, you kind of look at it as gladiators. Uh, guys are in there. We, we understand the circumstances. We understand what we're getting ourselves involved in. But I get why the NFL is doing it. I, I agree with some of that. But they're making some of these helmets now uh, with the concussions. I, I tell people all the time, and they don't believe me, but, like, there's more concussions in soccer than there are in in football, but people don't want to believe that because all you hear about is football. They're trying right. to demonize that in football, and uh, they're making some of this stuff so safe now. But I, I, I love the game. I hear a lot of guys that retired that says, you know, with the concussion stuff, and I had a bunch of them. But I promise you, I would do the same thing over and over because, you know, and, and some of those guys say, well, I don't think I would do it again. I don't know if I'd play football. That's a bunch of bull because I would play it over again. If I could, if I wasn't 50 years old and I didn't have to take some shots to get myself warmed up, I'd go back out there tomorrow and try to play. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Kelly, what? <laughs> I feel the same way, actually. Kelly, um, looking at your Browns career, if the game is on the line, okay, and you had to have yeah. it with a wide receiver, are you taking Kevin Johnson or Dennis Northcutt? Oh, that's a tough. You, wow, you got to ask. Wow, well, that's a tough he's question, man. Golly, I know. I'm throwing that's... some out there. I, there. There's guys. There's guys. When you come into organizations, the first day when I walked into the Browns organization, I had a. I had something going on with Dennis Northcutt. Uh, it's. I, I can't explain it. 
I don't understand it, uh, but you just have certain synergy with guys that you know what he's going to do before he does it. Um, Dennis Northcutt was that guy for me. I, I, you know, he could break off a route, and I totally knew what he was going to do. Uh, now, KJ, uh, KJ probably had the best set of hands. He and Marvin, and they both played at Syracuse. So you got to give uh, you got to give that uh, that wide receiver coach up there. You know, they should have given him a raise back in the day because those two guys were the best ball catchers I've ever been around. Like KJ had unbelievable hands. He struggled a little bit sometimes getting off the ball, but man, he could catch anything in his catch radius. He was going to catch it. But if you're asking me, I'd have to go with Northcutt because I just had something going on. It was like telepathic with Dennis Northcutt. I love him, and I, I hate. When people always bring up, well, if you would have caught that ball in the yeah. Steelers game, well, you know what? If if and and you're not you're right, and people are right when they say that. But like, Cuddy caught two balls in that game to keep us in that game and to get that lead that we had. He played really well that day. He had a huge punt return, and you know he everybody makes mistakes, and unfortunately he made that mistake at that time. But man, I can't say anything bad about Dennis Northcutt. He was. He was my guy that I wanted to throw to, and I love throwing to him. You know, Kelly, last question before we get you out of here. We appreciate your time coming on with us today. Um, you know, we got Deshaun Watson now uh, at, at quarterback. He, you know, he led a, a you know, last-second drive uh, <laughs> against, the, uh, against the Ravens the other day. And did you guys feel the pressure to become a franchise quarterback for the Browns um, because we, we, you know, everyone laughs at the Browns with the old jersey with all the other different names and, and things like that. But I always say, like, you know, playing for the Browns at quarterback is like, you know, finding, you know, Lord of the Rings, right? Everybody wants the Lord of the Everybody wants that guy back there, like, precious. Everybody wants the ring. Um, did you feel pressure, like, in, in, for the outside, the fans, the media, to become that dude and, and to, like, be the next, you know, franchise guy for the Browns? I don't think so. I don't think I felt that way. Uh, I, I was uh, I was a little perturbed uh, with our coach because I think he pitted Tim and myself against each other, uh, I, and he'd probably deny that. But I, I just felt like, in the back of our minds, when I started, I felt like that if I played bad, Tim was going to come into the game, and I, mm -hmm. I know that Tim because we've talked about it before. And he felt the same way when I started playing. He felt like if he didn't play good, then they were going to make a change. And as a quarterback, you cannot play in that circumstance, in that situation. You cannot have that lingering over you. Uh, I don't I don't think we felt pressure from the outside, but I think we felt pressure that way. Uh, I'm glad that social media was not as, uh, as heavy back then as it is now. Um, you know, my son plays football at co in college, and, and I've told him, man, don't listen to that stuff because it's crazy. We didn't, li I didn't listen to that stuff. I didn't watch Sports Center. I didn't do all that stuff. I was just kind of in my own bubble. Um, but I just, I, that was my one thing that if I could go back, uh, I just didn't like the way that we were pitted against each other. Um, and if one of us didn't play good, the other one was going to come in. And and, it, and you guys know this. As an NFL quarterback, you've got to have total confidence yeah. that the, the staff, the personnel, the people, the head coach, all your coaches, uh, they have to have the trust in you. And when you start flip-flopping back and forth, well, there's no trust there. And that kind of lingers with you and that kind of – it weighs on your mind. And, and that was the – 
if if he would have just made that decision and gone with that decision and stuck with that decision, that would have been fine with either myself or Tim. I, I can firmly I firmly believe that. But uh, it, it was just it was too wishy washy, and that's kind of how his his tenure there as as coach was. I mean, it was it was all over the place. I mean, when something when something happened, I mean, we'd have them team meeting or this and that. And like, I'd just be like, just give us the game plan and let us go play. You know, wow. that's kind of that's kind of the way I felt. Yeah. Well, listen, we love your honesty, and yeah. we loved having you on. Great stuff. Great catching up with you again. <laughs> and hey, keep that right arm uh, in shape. You never know. You never know. Yeah, man. I, you know what? I can still. I, I tell people all the time. I, you know, Tim. Tim taught me this, but I can still hit a flea off a fly's tail. But you know what? I don't want to get hit no more. Kelly, <laughs> <laughs> real quick, five seconds. Who would win in a race? You, Tim Couch, or Bernie Kosar? Who wins? Uh, Tim. Tim's got us both. Yeah, I, I'm, Tim was a good athlete. He's got us. All right. Very good. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks, Kelly. Great to you. <laughs> Wow, that was that was a fun interview. Yeah, I, mean, I knew it was going to be good right off the bat. He calls Tim Marble Mouth. Yeah, like, pull t- that clip for when Tim comes on Thursday. Yeah, I, well, yeah. Tim's out this week. He's back next oh, week. Okay. But I texted Tim and said, Tim, there's got to be a story behind Kelly calling you Marble Mouth. He goes, I've never heard that in my life. So uh, we got to we got to do a little deep dive on that. We got some super chats to read though. Whenever we read super chats, it is brought to us by. Our dearest friends over at PCC Airfoils, if you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are eyeing for all positions starting at $18 and up. Plus, full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. We got a bunch of these today, so we'll read them, and then we will wrap up the show here before we head to overtime. <coughs> First one comes from... J Dog sixty six says happy birthday G. Thank you. Wyatt said G Bush, we got the same born day, my guy. Happy birthday. Double K Creative. Happy birthday G. Hope you have an amazing day and party on Saturday. R Mac Dog, happy birthday G Bush, the people's champ, leader of the Kool Aid Mafia. Your gift, a twenty seven seventeen win over Pittsburgh. Do you think the Dirty Birds got away with a few late hits on Watson for unnecessary roughness calls? I, I saw one that I was really surprised was a call. We don't yeah. need more calls. We need less. Uh, yeah. Kelly Holcomb's right. But in that case, they I'll take that flag. But, but People love, love flags on the other team. I, I, I really do think we should look into that. I don't know if anybody's done a study or if we can find a stat. How many penalties yeah. in the average NFL game today compared to, you know, 10 years ago, 20 yeah, years know. ago, 30 years ago? Because he's right. There's games, there's certain games this year that I'm like, Sucks. I got to turn the channel. Yeah. I can't Sucks. see this they anymore. They soft. It's almost like you look for the flag when a big play happens. Yeah, right. Yes, you well, do. the players do. I'm and like, okay. It, it, you can't, it, you can't it, celebrate. It, it, I know you got to do more super chats. Go ahead. Yeah, we got a couple more. Uh, I love research. I'm not going back 30 years to look up. No, somebody's so done I, it. I, we I just have to find it. Somebody's done it, I'm sure. Professor Chaos says, Tyvis Powell had a huge weekend. Newsom got his first pick. Elijah Moore had his good game. So, Tyvis, congratulations. You finally got something right. J-Dog66 said, don't forget the seasons for Jim Brown. We are Super Bowl bound. That's Kenny Moss said, if Eagles beat KC, Bengals beat Baltimore, and we win, then we're tied for first in the AFC. So, we could be coming out of this weekend. My goodness. Now, tied hey, don't, for, hey, don't tied say for, that. Yeah, oh, yeah. I can't oh, say no, the words oh, home field advantage that's throughout. That's crazy. <laughs> like, those are five words we've never said. <laughs> never. Or three words. This home morning, field I, advantage throughout. This morning on my podcast, I posed a question to myself. 
Are the Browns more likely to be the number one seed in the playoffs or out of the playoffs if I had to bet? And number I said, one. Well, yeah, they're I a lot said closer number to number one now. They're not really not closer to number one than they are. I mean, they're just as close. It's crazy. Once Nick- well, they're only a game out of being out. And they're only a game out of first. Bulls first right. Overall. Yeah. It just numerically speaking, it's a log jam of those teams. Right. These but teams are also. Close. It'll separate itself the last seven weeks of the season. It always does. Eventually, you think. But I mean, there's going to be a log jam, but yeah. it, all four teams from the north are not going to the playoffs. Probably not. It just, I just can't Probably see that not. happening. Well, right now the Bengals are not in. They're the eight. No, I know. The Texans, the Texans are the seven. Yeah, yeah. All right. Go next up's from Matthew Culpa. He said, "I sent this in the post game show. Want to say it here too? Watson played to his contract. Stefanski coached for a new contract." Go Brownies. Interesting. I like that. Like J-Dog 66 said it's time to pay Schwartz head coach money so he stays here long term. Yeah, I'm, I'm fearful. Hey, I said I this was, early on. I'm fearful that he, someone's going to poach him. He's not that old. He's like 57. Yeah, he's, um, someone's going to poach him. I was going to ask Mary Kay. He but ain't we leaving until we get a Super Bowl in Cleveland because he couldn't get it in Detroit, so he wanted to bring it to a city that never had it. By the way, Detroit, Detroit, Cleveland Browns Super Bowl is the not cra- oh, no, no, crazy. No, no, no. Detroit fire. and Cleveland Browns both in the postseason at the same time. That's crazy. I don't think it's ever happened. Yeah. Well, it happened one time in 1950, and there was a big earthquake. So let's. You know. <laughs> I got three more. <laughs> three more. Go ahead, three Mike. Three more. Sir Grizz said, "Jay, thanks for not peeing our Kool Aid today. Good show." Peeing in it. I'm drinking it. Ain't no way I'm peeing in that. <laughs> Listen, the, what y'all don't understand is with with, with diehard fans, that switch goes like that. First play of the game. First play of the game. I'll be totally honest. Yeah. I'm like. This guy is not it. No, no, no. This guy no, is no. not it. It's the second play of the game. Okay, second, second play, play of yeah. the game. Yeah. End of the game, Thanks, I'm man. like, this dude, he's we, it. We got, he's it. We got our guy. Man, yo. We've got our guy. It was truly That's a it. My, wind vein, my wind vein bearing burned out. <laughs> it was like, oh, you should, the fan, though, Oh, right? you should see me That's on Twitter. What it is, oh, man. my gosh, on Twitter. But I own it. You Ooh. said something bad on Twitter? Oh, she was killing some fans. She was at a party on Twitter. Everybody, I, I wasn't standing there. I, gotta come I said I can't quit. Go, 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 go. Uh, Brown Shell said, not trying to promote, but go check out my new Deshaun Watson hype video. It's low-key fire. Love watching the show in school. We appreciate that. Rat Generation X said, happy birthday, G. Bush, and to all my Scorpio brothers and sisters. My birthday was November 12th. Game day, go Browns. Happy belated. Big Chuck Little John said, happy birthday, G. Fire up that loud. And last but not least. Yeah, they're back. Ronaldo Archer says, the NFL loves Nostalgic storylines. I have never traveled. The Super Bowl will be called the Never Been Bowl. The Lions and Browns will meet in the Super Bowl. Both have never been. And then I can't see the last thing because there's an emoji covering it. Really? Yes, our morning news anchor. I didn't know that. Former sports anchor. Uh, What'd you say? Big Chuck. Who just passed not long ago yeah. is Dave Chidowski's father. How did not we not know, know that? that? What a wonderful guy. Too. Little John still. Little around. John, I ran into yeah. Little John a couple of years ago. The Gilardi Fest. Shout out to it. Hey, real quick, do you have any more super chats? No, we're good. We're good. Who do we want to win Thursday night? I know who you want to win Thursday night. Well, of course no, we, we want, want the we all, to win. We all want the now, now wait a minute. Before we answer it so quickly. You have 30 seconds, so a Bengals loss kind of pushes them on the outside looking in. So? So I we don't, I, I uh, think you always root for the team that's And going. I also think the Bengals are the better team. I, I, so I, I want I, them I, out. Yeah, I, I, so I, I, I think I, I'm rooting for Baltimore. I actually think that, like, I would rather play Baltimore than the Bengals. I agree that's with a that. Line. Even Bro, though we own the Bengals. I'm about to say, oh, no, I'd, I'd rather play the Bengals. The fans, he just knows. Something. Well, that, that worm can turn like that. We, they, they got, they got, they got, I think the Bengals are the more dangerous team and I want them out. 
They scare the hell out of me. I, I want the Bills out, too. I'm be I want them. the Bills out, too. I want too. no parts. I'm with Bull on this one. Go Cincinnati. All right. Happy birthday, way. G. We got overtime. We'll see you in a minute. Look at the Peace. nugget with the birthday hat. <laughs> <laughs>